You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. about people I hear them whisper you won't believe it they think we're lovers keep undercover I just ignore it they keep saying laugh just a little too loud stand just a little too close we stare just a little too long Maybe they're seeing something we don't, darling. Give them something to talk about. Welcome to Axe to Grind, the fucking hardcore podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. Fucking Tom. <laughs> That's right, aggressive. Yeah. The Hold on. Podcast. Let me be the guy in a movie. Hardcore, yeah. All right. <laughs> Dick Cortez. <laughs> So, Yo, okay, hey, we got two things to issue before we even get into the ads today. We have two. What's it called when you have to make a correction in a newspaper? Uh, memento mori. No, Tom, help, help, help. Um, corrections. Uh, issue corrections two. and omissions. Omissions. No, okay, right? It's not omissions. No, it's not. Well, um, two apologies. One, apology to everybody who follows us on Twitter for seeing the picture of Rivers Cuomo cosplaying as the worst human alive. Yeah, that wasn't right. With a, I'm sorry. Yeah, the people were really, really bumming on that. So sorry to expose you all to that. That Yo, was our friend we, Kevin from Seattle that posted it. So um, shout out Kevin. I'd for like both to share some, some, yeah. The world. yeah. <laughs> uh, redaction, right? Redacting. Redaction. Um, there we go. So, uh, and Tom to Tom. Tom, we thought you only beat Patrick fifty six hundred to five hundred mm. in the Jeopardy. Mm. Uh, turns out, turns out I won. Game. Turns out you didn't. You didn't win, Patrick. But uh, lyrically speaking, for three hundred, Dag Nasty would tell you this makes the world look better. Tom, you answered twelve ounces of courage. I was like, no, it's that's it's forty ounces of courage. Um. What's interesting is that you were right, but I also was not wrong. Uh, the answer is 12 ounces of courage if you are listening to Can I Say, which makes the world look better. But if you were a little bit crazier and listened to Field Day, Peter Cortner would tell you that 40 ounces of courage, yeah, and I'm feeling fine. So, Tom, yes. you actually have won 5,900 to 500. Shout out. Yep, that's it. So, I don't, I don't like I don't like that, that much. <laughs> Sorry, Pat. Uh, we have been we've gotten a lot of requests to find new competitors for both of you. It's sort of like, hey, let's let's get Tom in the accelerated program and maybe some remedial classes for Patrick. You know, I'm I'm not so, really easy. To, I'm not easy to offend, but we're we're getting there. <laughs> well, <laughs> we got, you know what? I just think. I think it's weird because you're a smart dude. You're quick, quick with the word, quick with the tongue. But something frees you up on the stage with this. I mean, yeah. I think I just really, it's like, it's like when you're coming out, like, you know, 
early, like late 80s Tyson. Like, oh. I already got you beat before you even step in the ring. So we need to find your advantage. We need Holy a couple of tomato cans, as they used to call them. For <laughs> I, I do like, need really a couple of tomato cans. All right. You All know right. what I mean? Like a couple of like, um, you know, maybe a Buster Douglas who might just, you know, fuck around and knock you out. But I think so you know, if, I'm coming out if, there. I got like the fucking towel with the he- my with the slot cut so I can wear it over my head like Tyson. Yeah. yeah. I got a fucking video game out. I got a gold tooth. I'm just knocking so people out. So if you're t- Mike Tyson, 89, what is Patrick? Tommy Morrison? Jesus, um, Chuck Wepner. Okay, Chuck Wepner. Early Wepner. Um, he was. He always would get beat up by like Muhammad Ali, but apparently, like he would bleed like on contact. Okay, he was just like a, he was a big time bleeder. And that's that's what I'm known for. Maybe or so. A, I'm trying to remember. So here's here's how it goes. Tyson loses to Buster Douglas. Buster Douglas. Buster Douglas loses to Holyfield. I believe yes. so. Holyfield holds it for a while. Loses to Rick Bow. Yes. And Rinnick Bow, man, that dude, big, nasty, big dude, nasty. Big dude. Big, he just had those, I think he had a big left that just like, because he was a tall, I feel like that dude was like 6'7". He was a monster. We need to figure out how to build Pat up. As I said last week, dude's looking healthy. We need to figure out, maybe maybe this is the only reason you need to move back to Albany, the, the boxing gym. That's it. Running the yeah, cat skills it. with custom auto, you know? Yeah. So we need to build PK up. Uh, competitors, put you, uh, shoot your shot. We'll see if you can uh, play a game on Axe to Grind. Uh, really quick, thank you to our sponsors, Deathwish Inc., Closed Casket Activities, the two we're going to focus on today, to live a lie and run for cover. Tom, you want to kick us off for run for cover? Yes. Oh, wow. That was a big clap. Good claps. Thank you very much because I'm very um, I'm proud to make this um, announcement, which I think oh no, um, we actually <laughs> announced this on um, Patreon, the Patreon that came out. So last get on the year, Patreon. Yeah. You would have known already. Um, so uh, our 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 friends, our pals. Um, so our earlier one of our earlier supporters, um, our pals, anxious. Announced that they were signing to Run for Cover Records. Um, Ooh. Yes, very big. big. Shout out to big shout out to both parties. It's a perfect combination. Yo, yes, and uh, your new label mates, Patrick. Yeah, I'm going to nerd out for a second. I, I would like to give respect uh, to Run for Cover. Obviously, they're a sponsor, so we try to I try to do right by them week week in and week out. But I've got a relationship with them. Uh, I've known Jeff and Tom for many years, but also like they now put out my records. And I'm grateful for them. So they've built a, a cool ecosystem of younger bands, a couple older acts. It's cool. And a couple of their acts have got, gotten way big. And I'm happy for everybody. So uh, hopefully the same uh, proves true for Anxious. Um, having heard, so they just put out a single call from you, a seven inch on run for cover with their mm. impending record coming out um, 2022, Bob. Very, very early 2022. And that's called Greenhouse? Uh, Little Greenhouse. Little Greenhouse. Yes. Sorry. No, uh, and if anybody hasn't seen the 7-inch, it's limited to 500, so hopefully there's still some by the time you hear this. Um, The song rules. Oh, it's a really good one. So good. Um, Eight-panel board book, like kids' book style, with uh, artwork from illustrator Kelly Poussette, 
who uh, did the art for the album as well as the single. It oh, is really cool. Guy. It is hand done. Um, if you look at it, it's actually um, paper that she cuts and she does stylizes it and then does high quality ph- photography of it. So when you look at That's the so image, cool. you can see like, oh, it's got kind of like depth and stuff. It's like, yes, because there's actually, it's like cut. It's actually cut and set up like not a diorama but almost like that right. incredible artist so people check that out um go to runforcoverrecords.com pre-order that seven inch book if you still can there's a shirt up um while you're at I'm it go support our boys and one step closer and get their uh get their lp2 because those are going to be some, place you know coming out soon big records october no is it e- it's even before uh, that september Damn. 22nd yeah that's a big 24th, one 24th right. i'm sorry Yo, uh, runforcoverrecords.com. Do it to it. Guys, in the spirit of To Live a Lie, I'm going to be fast with this. Ooh. To Live a Lie.com. I can, hear the, dr- I can hear the fast drums right now. <laughs> um, first thing I'm going to tell you is they have a No Comply They Live split five inch coming out. Oh, let's bring back irritating sizes. This was very much belonged to that fast world for years yes. and it fell out of favor and bring it the fuck back irritating sizes they're bringing it back so uh keep an eye out for that don't think it's out yet if you're unfamiliar with either of those bands uh seek them out they live especially holds a spot for me um i discovered them a long time ago when a friend did dead alive records and put out a split between they live and Re- ruination uh, great band from Buffalo. I think No Comply is really sick too. Um, so check that out. While you're over there, since you might not be able to get that yet, get the Slant One House LP. Um, released on Iron Lung, available in the To Live a Lie distro. This record, awesome. Fast hardcore, but in the kind of like 80s fast way. So it's not grinding or pulverizing. It's just classic sounding hardcore to me. So this record made a lot of people's top lists of the year so far. So um, get it while you can. I think this is the second pressing. It's it's an awesome record. You need to, if you like faster hardcore, anything from Boston Strangler, uh, even stuff like DC early Discord stuff. Um, I think about Total Fury a little bit when I think about this. Uh, you need this LP. So. Go to toliveali.com, put this in your, your basket, buy some other things, click out, pay, maybe using PayPal, maybe using something else, I don't know, and uh, tell them Axe of Grind sent you. Hell yeah. Thank you. Yo, guys, how are you doing? How are we feeling today? Million dollars. Pat, how are you feeling? Uh, this is a safe space, man. Okay, I, p- I had to do band promo photos today and it brings me down uh no disrespect to the photographer who did a professional job it's cool i just hate the exercise of it i'm sorry you wear the manscaped shirt i did not i damn it i am sorry if i projected that onto well i don't give a fuck what my band mates i'm your moody you're a moody artist you should look moody a moody artiste here's the thing I really try not to be. I really try to be the most normal sports center motherfucker when it comes to art. But like, they've been fucking. But sometimes you end up Craig Kilborn, huh? I they've been trying me with this bullshit. I hate videos. I hate photographs. 
Fuck. Wow, you're a good looking dude and you photograph well. Yeah. I agree. Thank you both. But I just don't think that any living person gives a fuck if our photograph is like, all right, no disrespect to Ian or military gun, but like they took a photo that was just on, like their promo photo is just on the line of what I call AP magazine cover, which is mm. like too much of a, of a concept. You know what I'm saying? Black shirts, yeah. red tie kind of deal. And nah, like, like their, their photo is them. They're, they're in a pool. Like half of them are seated in a pool and is there water w- in the pool? with their clothes on right now. It's a fine photograph. Water. It's, it's yeah, it's cool. It's but Slint it's, already did that. You can't do that anymore. Water. Yeah, down. but this this it's, this is different. This is not like they're up to their their eyeballs. But <laughs> it. But here's the thing. All I'm saying is that one turned out all right. I think it looks good. But I think all that shit. It doesn't take much to to push you into that place where you're like, yo, why are you devoting this much concept to to this? You know, and like, you know, for a band that's all concept. Fucked up. I like what whatever the record is that's getting reissued. Get better is uh, reissuing epics and minutes. Epics and minutes. Epics and minutes has a perfect album art. It's perfect. It's a photograph of a band. It's simple. It's it's what I. That's what a photo of a band should be like. Just line up some assholes against a wall. Okay, there we go. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I hate all the other shit. Like I don't want to have to like. Oh, like, like, okay, you hold the tiki glass and then you've got the blowtorch. I hate all that shit. Can I ask a dumb question? Yes, please. For someone who's a little out of the game and might not have ever been in the game while we, you know, as we discussed during the uh, (laughs) pre-production point. Our long, long pre-pro today. um, Is is there a market? Obviously not a market, but for lack of a better term. Yeah. Is there a market for actual promo photos? Like if you're playing fucking random fest in, you know, the UK next year, wouldn't they just as likely put up a, a live photo of you than they would have like you schmucks against like a fucking tree branch? No. So oh. it, 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 look, it's, I'm not going to pretend that anything makes sense. It's just, I think everything is perfunctory at this point where it's kind of, we do this because that's the way that we do this, you know? Uh, we put up a, 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 a promo photo of the band because that's what we have always done. And somebody told us that we should continue. Like it's, I don't think there's much thinking because any normal person would agree that a band performing is a more dynamic and inviting image than a band statically staring at you. Anybody. And I hate live band photography too. So I don't got any stake in this. I'm just saying that let's just be rational. But anyway, at any rate, Ryan Graham, uh, He's in the band state champs. He's the one that did the photos. He's a cool dude. And I appreciated his patience with me while I was like, I wasn't, I don't think I was radiating. Hey, I don't want to be here, but like, I wasn't, I wasn't like, like, you know, like goofing and having a good time the way that my bandmates were. Cause I was like, yo, I just put us against a wall. Take the fucking You were putting on the, like the funny glasses or like, you know, Oh no. I had one bandmate that was like, that was like, yeah, let me try to do a flip over. I was like, just be fucking look at the camera. And and then he's going to press the button. It's like Archie Bunker. Yeah. I feel like Archie Bunker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just stand there. Would you? That's what I feel like. Tom, I have a question for you. Yes. Do you feel like a frontline reporter on a burgeoning band war? 
Oh, I do. I feel like I'm um, the Scud Stud. Remember back in the day when there was mm-hmm. that one guy that was oh, like yeah. reporting live from you know wherever. Yeah, I'm Yo, Tom the, Sheehan. I'm I'm. This is the Drug Church Explosion. I'm making my band sick lately. They're big irritated. They they think. Have I'm you like, hung out with them since uh, they got to L.A.? Uh, I, we, oh, you'll, I don't know if I should say this. Um, we <laughs> here mark the time. Okay. No, I don't, I don't think we'll get, I'll speak vague enough that we won't get in trouble. Okay, um, good. And it, it was all on the up and up. I just don't know if somebody's like did us so much of a favor that it's not cool. You know, um, uh-huh. we, so our practice space is tiny and shared with, uh, I don't, I don't know, like three other bands or whatever. Right. But sure. Uh, th- we needed a, a larger space to for our sound guy to try to figure out, okay, here's what we're going to do on the tour, et cetera. Right. So right, we yeah, at, checked explosions. Yeah, gotta, exactly. But that's scrims, what's, the, that's what's know, funny. Right. We, we were in this large facility that does just that. It's a staging for pre tour. Like, okay, let's Amazing. dial this in. Right. And the, the other acts that were there, I'll be giving too much away. If I say who it is literally the biggest acts on the planet. Like one of them is, I would say top three still performers in the world. Right. And like, yeah, or in the guitar or in the band in the wet. No, there's no, that's the thing. There are no guitar bands that are that big. So like people were, people were texting the dude that did us the favor saying, yo, who's in eight right now? Because we were the it's only, right. it's Beyonce. We're, we're the only ones making noise. Like, but the other acts, you know, like for anybody that doesn't know, big acts, typically do like staging days before they go out. They practice in a big room that accounts for like what it might be like to actually be on that stage. Yeah. As close as they can get to that. So like, you know, like if you've seen like a huge show, uh, there's a good chance that like, Oh, okay. The dancers were, everybody met up in this facsimile of a, (laughs) of a real venue. And we were in one of those places that costs many hundreds of dollars an hour, uh, if not a thousand, but, uh, we, we, uh, we got it for much less as a, as a on the arm sort of favor sort of thing. But the, uh, uh, it was a fun experience though, because it was like, you know, you've got like a huge rapper who just put out a record like next to us. And then across the way you have like iconic sort of terrible pop musician, like, but, it, and then us, right. Like just dudes playing guitar. I'm singing terribly. I haven't sung in a year. And like, <laughs> it's just right. They can't hear themselves. Like, yeah, they have like, Probably twenty five thousand dollars in ears. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Def. Uh, you know what? I, I bet forgot to plug in the monitor. Like you know. I bet my band and I would have to ask every time I die. I'm pretty sure they're in the same boat as us. When we toured with them, I'm almost certain that this is right. They don't use in ears. I think even on big shows. I'd have to check that, but I'm pretty sure they don't. And uh, I'm trying to get my band to stay never no in-ear monitors ever, no matter what the cost is. Like, I don't care if we're bad on a stage. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to go over to them. I'd like to be a proper rock act uh, for the, our duration of... Our, Do you think that would be a problem for you? Uh, going, and I say that in all... Going in-ear? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm being selfish. Yeah, it just... Yeah, because I feel like... I, it, my own, like if I heard what it actually sounded like, I'm nightmare, like, I, Tom. It's like watching yourself mosh. It's like watching yourself have nope. sex from. Like nobody looks cool. <laughs> no, it's like, it's like watching yourself have sex from like, from the a weird angle. Yeah, from like yeah. between like you're between your ass cheeks. You know, like yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, not great. Not yeah, you don't want to know what you look like, right? No. You do not want to know what you sound like unless you're you know hitting every fucking note like you're, you know, whoever Pavarotti. 
Yeah, or, or uh, somebody more current who can actually sing. Yeah, when I when I uh, you know I heard myself clearly once, uh, and it was a terrible experience. You don't know what to do. Like I I've played so many shitty places that I'm like, wait a minute, that me? <laughs> yeah. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, why didn't usually I have to yell me? loud enough that I can hear the music reverberate off the back of the VFW? Yeah. Oh no. Listen, uh, uh, hearing yourself when you're not actually a singer is truly aggressive. <laughs> it's really- I mean, do you think it might change the way you sing and you might be more tuneful because you're not str- like st- like uh, stressing or struggling as much? Mm. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like you're you're yelling yes in a, at a certain pitch because you have to be able to hear yourself. But if it's like directly into your ears, you might be like okay. So I've more I've, of a crooner. I've said this before. The, it, I. I the worst thing that can happen to us on a tour is we go from like support slot doing big rooms to a day off in like a VFW. And mm-hmm. obviously my bandmates love that because it's the type of show that we really we have love. fun yeah. at, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I would be on board for that, but I've come to fear it because once you're, once you become used to, like if you do like 10 days in a row, at like these big, you become rooms. coddled. You become coddled, and you're not. You don't know how to modulate your voice. Particularly, a, a true non-talent like me doesn't know how to modulate to to where I'm not blowing my voice out, making an effort to hear myself at the underpowered PA. So then, but you don't have like a certain like. I feel like no matter what, like personally, like this is the level that I'm doing. Whether it's at like you know like fucking Webster Hall. Or like the fucking you know, the or someone's basement. No, when I hear this my, is what I'm doing. When I'm able to hear myself for a bunch of days, and then I can't hear myself, I yell louder in an you effort to hear myself. Oh, and then oh. I I blow my voice every time we do a small show, and we're gonna do it. I think we've got a couple of days off on on uh, both the self defense and and the drug church tours. I'm sure we will fill those dates because we like. Is to it for it. fun or or you you just need money to keep the train rolling? If you don't mind me asking, I was always curious about that. I don't. I don't mind you asking. We will say no. So, both bands really want to play. Uh, I'm usually the stick in the mud that will say, "Yo, day off's not so bad." Yeah, a day off is not so bad. Not so bad. But uh, certainly, when we were making no money, it was essential that we play. Every fucking right. day. Right. But like you're opening for fucking thrice. Like you don't need to play like a Monday night banger at a fucking. No, you know. th- no, that's true. It, it, shout out to thrice for taking uh, uh, care of us on this tour. It's, it's it, it was a nice offer, but the, 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 the point is you're right, Tom, except uh, first money is always nice. Right. Sure. And secondly, there is definitely something lost. And I think even like thrice who's been playing on a big stage for many years now, I think they would, it, you know, those dudes came up Orange County hardcore. You know what I mean? Like, like they, they would love you know, to be able to play. They like, would love to do an underplay. <laughs> you know what I mean? They would right, fucking right. love it because like. But they have employees. What's that? They have employees. Yeah, oh, correct. They probably just, yeah. It's not that easy for them. No, no, no. They'd have to do like a residency. But like, it, 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 but what I'm saying is like small shows are more fun. There's no debate to that. Uh, and I like the experience of big shows. I think I think that's more challenging and interesting to me at this point in my life. But small shows are way more fucking fun. So like, sure, yeah. Because so I always see like, I'm sorry, like, you know, you see bands like, you know, like, you know, Code Orange, say. Yep. Mm-hmm. They were doing like a shed and arena kind of tour, right? Yep. 
Yep. But they're also playing like, hey, we're playing Fort Wayne, Indiana at the fucking, you know, the brouhaha, whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Like, is that like you do you miss like, do you want to get back in touch with your roots? You're like, yeah. Or like, fuck, I need this. Like, I need to supplement the income from opening this big fest, big tour. Uh, I mean, I'm just curious. Yeah, I, I never knew. Like, you know, I've never done one of those that are like we could do an off day, you know, with, with you know, off an Ozfest off day or like a big day out off day like that. Well, sometimes every day was an off day for us. Sometimes we make me like the big band correspondent, but like my bands are not like certainly self-defense, small band, obviously, but like drug church, also small band. Like we could use the money, you know what I mean? Like we could use money anytime that it's offered, but like, but sure. But really do we have to take it? Like, for example, we said no to some off day tour or off day shows on the uh, drug church tour uh, that every single person wanted to do. But if the drives make it so that we have to drive four hours after we play, it's I, into it. I just it say great. no. Like that, I don't blame you. The, the longest I'll go is two hours. We do not like. I personally refuse hard out at two a.m. If we are on the highway at two a.m., pull over. We're sleeping on the side of the highway. I will not drive after two p.m. or two a.m. for any fucking reason. So, like, if you if the drive becomes untenable in that way i'm just like it's got to be a no even if we wanted to um so by the way shout out to all the uh local promoters who make those offers anytime we can take them we will the only reason we pass is because of drives yeah i mean i feel like one of your most talked about shows in the last bunch of years was that show at edgman oh shout out to edgman uh right that that show was really fun like i feel like that's like and and the show that happened last week which sounds like it was awesome with military gun, that was a that sounded like it was a, a, a classic. Seems show like it's doing pretty great. A yeah. classic. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and I can't believe it ended with you and Ian swinging on each other. That's so fucked up. Sometimes friends fight. You so, know, sometimes brothers just got to work it out. You know, exactly. Okay. It happens. Uh, um, you know, I think actually a lot of people, a lot of bands are kind of in that spot right now too, which is a funny thing to say. But like talking to a band who just did kind of a smaller run. And they did fine, you know, like good, like good, sure, feel good, came home. And it was just the sound in their voice like, yeah, got, the, you know, like, yo, we haven't had money f- in the band fund for a year and a half. Like right. when we paid for merch, you know, Jimmy, the bass guy fronted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was tr- sort of that kind of feeling. So it is. uh I think right now people are kind of excited to get back to that groove. Um, we don't need to belabor it. We talked a little bit about it. Everybody, uh, you know, just stay healthy so so we can see live music again, I guess. You know, like it feels nice. Um, but, yeah, it's it's all right. I think, I think we will uh, report back from the scenes of the impending band wars. Uh, but I think I think right now we're in a safe space. So. Yeah, we're doing all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Um, Guys, you want to talk about hardcore? Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah why not? Yeah, sure. You know. Yeah. Yo, can I? Can I? Let me say, let me say a hardcore thing. Uh, do it. You stab me in the back. All right. Next. <laughs> uh, oh, thank right. you. Thought, thank you. Thought you were a friend. Um, <laughs> the uh, uh, I, I talk about articles of faith on here, but in this weird way where we go, oh yeah, that's a that's a good band, and but uh, not enough bangers, and they don't enter the conversation that we have about negative approach. They don't enter the conversation we have about minor threat. We've talked about yeah, this no, that like no, no, just no. kind of like a thing, you know. And 
I say, oh, but actually, you know, that, that second uh, part of their discography is really quite good. I, I like it better, but it still doesn't stick to the ribs in a way. So sure. uh, I just have been listening to the first part of the discography for the last few days. And you know when something will just catch you and you're like, holy shit. It is exceptionally well played. Exceptionally good. Uh, yes. Proto emo core hardcore and it is uh, uh, like the the only thing that that band doesn't have is a true fucking hit that's the one classic song yes that's the only thing they don't have and like although people might be might be yelling at their their you know what like assholes our our thousand listeners from chicago can just go to hell so it it is uh i like chicago so (laughs) I think you got a bad attitude, Patrick. Yeah, well, listen. So, I just want to remind people that if you if you are like a person that likes 80s hardcore but you you are currently you kind of are in the bonafide classics space like so many of us are with 80s hardcore. Sure. Articles of Faith deserve that. They they really do. And I know that they they're, give, they're a very good band. They're, they're a give, very good band. They're giving they, the, lip service even by us sometimes, but the, the the it's it's there. If you're listening, it's there. Yeah, I, it's interesting to me because they did their discovery got reissued kind of on the early side of stuff, um, but it was in the CD era and yeah. whatever and. It's not that visually appealing to at me, all. Really at all, at all. <laughs> and I remember it and being like, "Oh, this is really good," but but it got slid into the like perfunctory listens when, in fact, it's got some really like really good material. And um, it's a great answer to okay, outside of the like Midwest big boys, and by big boys I don't mean Texas, I mean <laughs> but Midwest heavy hitters of Negative Approach, Necros, Meat Men, Husker Du. Yeah, yeah, Naked Raygun. And who's going to do Naked Raygun starts sliding into a different space to me. But, sure. you know, outside of those bands, what else is there? Articles of Faith is like a straight up, like, should get mentioned in the next breath after you go Negative Approach, Necros. Yeah, I would, I would say uh, you know, fix, ultimately, better than, ultimately better than Necros. So no, take no that chance. For it's not even close. Take that for whatever it's worth. But you need, a, you need to re-listen to uh, Conquest for Death. Um which is a hard one because it's not on streaming. That's true. And I think if it was on streaming in any form, uh, that would be celebrated. Like to me, if somebody goes, hey, Bob, Tied Down or Conquest for Death, I'm staring at you See, for See, now while. I think you're crazy. <laughs> now Yo, I think I mean, you've lost it. Dude, uh, listen. I'm just swinging on everybody right now. Dude, it's, it's a great record. Anyways, we're going to talk about that later in the next couple of months. How about that? Hmm. Um Yo, that was a good segue because, you know, um, when we kind of try to come up with ideas and topics and things to talk about, um, it's usually fun. And we try to frame it in a fun way. And this time, we get a lot of people who say, hey, you guys don't talk about this enough. You don't talk about that much. That's okay. Like, we kind of like that. It's good. It's good checking, checks and balances, all that stuff. Well, you know what? The correct answer from us is thank you for listening. That's so, oh, absolutely. No, I'm not worried absolutely. about it. Um, so today's topic is nobody's talking about 
And that's where we're going to go. That's the complete this sentence. And uh, I encourage you to think about this as we go through ours. And the, you know, the idea out of my head was, hey, nobody's talking about, and it could be anything. It could be a band. I've got a couple bands. Could be something that's happening now. Could be something that's happened over time. Could be, you know, stupid hat, whatever. Um, but I thought this was a fun place to start because we also have the idea of like, we know the way conversations travel now. Sometimes we're stuck in a little bubble. You know what I mean? Like there are people who didn't hear about this whole like uh, youth of today weird uh, non-troversy a few weeks ago where, where people thought 88 equals HH equals nonsense. Some people don't hear about that and maybe they're better for it. Some Decidedly, yeah. Right, right, right. And and so, you know, maybe, maybe you didn't see the meme video from last week, but but then maybe we didn't catch that conversation y'all were having about X. So what I wanted to say is, yo, I don't hear anyone talk about this. Um, I was thinking about it, and do you guys mind if I kick it off? Please go. I was thinking about this while I listened to a band I've loved for a very long time. And I literally never hear anyone talk about. Nobody's talking about the Buzzcocks. Hmm. No, that's true. I, I don't think you don't hang they, out with a lot of fifty-year-olds, huh? Well, <laughs> well. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think I think they get swung at that way. But when I listen to their music, even compared to a lot of like, like okay, where do, where do you place them? You put them in between like punk, power pop, kind of that rock and stuff. They're not 77 punk. They're not like pogo stuff. No. They're not like spiky punk stuff. They're they're more on the rock side, but they're not totally the clash, you know? Like no, they're more got, the clash in Sham 69 or yeah. No, no, no I, you know? honestly, I, I hear more new wave in them than I do like any type of I mean, it's to me it's a million Same. miles away from Sham 69. 100%. And I feel like I hear a lot more new wave in them. And it's a band who I got into early. And I always loved, and it was always this weird band who, you know, a handful of my friends really liked them. And like, I don't know, when we were kids, Tom, are you a big Buzzcocks guy or not? Or like, meh, whatever. Medium. I mean, like, but, I but you know, at least two songs, like, you know, Ever Fall in Love. Yeah. And like, what do I get? Right. Yes. 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 Can I touch it? Yes. Why can't I touch it? Well, I, I bought yes. like the, the great, whatever the fuck. Like, Singles whatever. going steady. Yes, you, that's you what have I have. Singles going steady. Right. That's it. Which is like, to be honest, like I like more than that. But if you just had that, I'm not mad at anyone who just says, that's all I needed. You know, um, another music right. in a different kitchen. I like, I like a lot. I like a lot of their records. But Singles going steady, even if someone stops there, I feel like that's a really awesome record that on a recent re-listen, doesn't feel like I'm teleporting to a different world. Like I'm, it's still vibrant. It still has this energy. The song "Something's Gone Wrong Again." I'm like, yo, this is palpable. And okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
this could be an introduction point for people who are into hardcore or into punk nascently to go into the next, to check out New Wave or check out punk more so because there's a lot of energy and personality on it. And I haven't talked to a living soul about the Buzzcocks. I don't know. Uh, I mean, shout out to my boy Mike Shaw from Mind Force who hit me up when, when I posted uh, that I was listening to it. But a man of very taste. 100% great tastes but but I th- I think this is a band who has tracks on tracks but don't get mentioned in almost any conversation and certainly in the hardcore world I don't think get any love am I wrong no, no Z- you're 100% right zero love I mean I saw them within the last five years I think okay Whoa. they played Asbury Park they played oh, okay. um, punk rock bowling so, so that is the only little corner where I could see, and I'm not they talking fit. about, yeah, like punk rock bowling or whatever, and it's like the aged punk category. And that makes me bitterly sad in a way. Not because, yo, here, let me say, aged punks everywhere, let me put a big banner over my head. We share more in common with our musical taste than I do with 90% of the rest of the world. I, I love you. I love your taste. I just don't love the aged punk vibe. Can I say that? You know what I mean? That's like, fair. yo, if, yeah. if you're 60 and you're like rocking a spike collar and you got a dog, I'm bummed. Well, like hold, hold on, Bob. I, I'm, <laughs> you know that I'm 90% on this and sometimes can be 110 to the point that I'm alienating some of our listeners. But like, I'm with Tom that the versus battle from the locks and Dipset did, yeah. did put anybody that saw it in the mindset that you can grow old gracefully, gracefully. And True. it, it, uh, I, it was actually really interesting watching. So nostalgia makes us all a little sick. We can only deal with it in a tiny dollop, even though I was just talking about articles of faith for half an hour, but the, but the uh, there's no nostalgia to that for you though. Not no zero for me. That's true. Zero. It's like almost a new band. That's just old. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's not, right. It's not, it's not like, Oh, when I was a kid. Yeah, you're right. So, uh, but what was fascinating about it was at least the energy I saw Tom, tell me what you experienced was, it was older people who felt some pride in it and had a good time with it and felt okay. and felt like, but, but here's the difference is what I'm trying to say is um, it wasn't, and this is not a terrible vibe. Everybody. I just get weird. I'm a, I become touchy about weird things. I don't like when people's I- I- exclusive experience with music after the age of 30 is when they go to a wedding yelling, oh. yelling, this is my jam oh. before, oh. Dr- before drunkenly dancing to a song that they liked from when they were oh. 19. Now oh. I don't like that. That do, do, what, right. do what works for you, but I don't love it. So what I'm saying is that's not what that versus was. What that versus turned out to be was uh, the actual victory of craft over like less effort, but it, it was, it was just a nice moment and it got me thinking like, yo, some people are dismissive of kind of that punk rock bowling energy, you know, which has like a, a, quite a number of legacy acts as well as some younger ones. Correct. But when I saw sick of it all there, I had as good a time as when I've seen them, you know, like, like at a show well, show. Well, so that's the experience that's part. Well, the experience part, I think people need to give more credit to. Because I think at those events, a lot of people are there for having fun and having a good time and putting things aside. What I hope isn't getting lost is 
also enjoying stuff that maybe you haven't heard before, right? Because because I'm saying to you, Patrick, you made the the comparison of going to a wedding and being like, this is my jam. That experience is some dude at punk rock bowling for push too far. Yes. This is my jam. And we don't want that, right? We think that's lame as fuck. Yeah, I just, I mean, as people that are still engaged by music and everybody, you don't gotta, this is a thing that I think like former, like really involved punks struggle with. Yes, yes, preach right now. You don't, as you get older, there is no law or obligation that you've got to be involved. It's simply like, that doesn't mean you have to disengage, right? No. Like, I'm not asking you to book shows that lose money into your (laughs) forties. Like I wouldn't make that request of you. Some of you have children. (laughs) No. And and Tom can speak to this too. I think it's been one of our, a thing we've talked about since jump, but we haven't talked on it in a minute. The it's okay not to drink shirt. Yo, it's okay to engage with this music scene, music in general, the world art, as you can or as you please there's no there's no rules to it there's nice things to do like i've said it's it's like yo enjoying this stuff is what probably matters the most if you take something from it fantastic if you don't well okay you really like weird loud banging music you know that's cool too but but engage on your own terms and feel no shame in that and as you get older if that changes or however you grow as you grow, if that engagement changes, you should feel no shame or feel distant. Don't don't be bothered. Engagement changes as time goes. Anyone in any sort of relationship with another person, job, or activity has to acknowledge that, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, soapbox, right? Um, I feel like Buzzcocks had a minute in the early early aughts. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Um, oddly enough, we were, we were referring to this earlier. Um, Thursday did a Buzzcocks cover for a Tony Hawk um, mm. soundtrack. Mm. I don't know if you guys remember that. Like Fall Out Boy doing GB, like all these different um, bands doing old punk songs. And then I don't know if everybody remembers this, but like a um, uh, uh, dude from Carry On. Ryan George. Went on. Yeah, went on to fuck the rejected, the something. Oh, the adored, yes. the adored, the adored, full mod punk buzzcocks worship. Yes, and I don't think it quite nailed it. No, no diss to the adored. I haven't revisited in a long time, but also I think even just being mentioned the same sentence as the buzzcocks has to feel good. That was the vibe, though. Yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah, you're not wrong. Fucking, you're not yeah. wrong. Um, yo. So that's one of the things I, I thought about while listening. I'm glad you brought it up, Patrick, is the idea of nostalgia value versus just like listening to it. I do have nostalgia for my personal experience with the Buzzcocks. But when I was listening to it, I'm like, yo, these are tracks. These are just good songs that I can say stand the test of time, feel like they stand on their own. And I'm like, yo, they don't get any any convo in any of the circles I swim in. And I hope there's a world that talks about them that isn't just people who have that nostalgic value. I I think they're a band who it's like, yo, there's plenty of old punk bands get name checked on this, that, and the other. 
this band, there's few other Stiff Little Fingers is another one who I don't think gets name checked very often. Sure. I think we've done it here actually, but but Buzzcocks deserve a lot of that, and and I don't see it. So uh, this is my plea to you. Nobody's talking about the Buzzcocks, and I think you should. Okay, uh, I'm going to piggyback off that with a small one that we don't got to go into forever. It's just a band from that era that uh, I think every, literally every hardcore musician could learn something from. Uh, and that is the jam. Uh, yeah. I, I went from, uh, this is the Bethlehem public library of uh, the suburbs of Albany, New York. Uh, me taking uh, CDs out of the local library. Uh, and that's how I became familiar with music. And uh, then obviously you do the, um, what was it? The, uh, the, uh, the this the, when they would mail you'd buy like ten CDs for ten cents. What was that? Columbia House. Columbia House. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I was like Random House. I said no. Um, so uh, did you? You did the scam where you got the ten CDs for a penny and then never ordered again. Of course. Of so, course. So uh, which everybody sh- it, it, that sounds like oh terrible business model. It should just illustrate how the the economies of scale on CDs eventually bring the cost down to such that you can literally pay for shipping and send them out and lose money on 80% of that business and still make money. It doesn't money. matter. And it doesn't matter. It yet. doesn't matter. So anyway, uh, I went from uh, the Pogues, which I had heard and sorry, everybody, this is so fucking boring. The, uh, the Pogues I heard in Fantaco Comics uh, the metalheads there. Shout out Fantico. Fa- shout out to Fantico. The metalheads there, the only thing that they could play that, like, they wouldn't, they were metalheads, but they wouldn't play metal because it's alienating. So uh, they had to find something else to play in the store. Exactly. So they would talk about the Pogues a lot. I went and saw it at the library. I uh, got excited, checked it out. One of my favorite bands for 10 years. Uh, then from there, got into the Clash. Uh, from the Clash, I uh, got into, then went to the jam. Then stiff little fingers. Uh, really, if you were going to go musically, you'd go uh, uh, from the Clash to uh, stiff little fingers, and then the j- if, if that makes more sense musically, but right? Whatever. But point is, uh, the jam right without question in all of guitar music, the best bridges, bar none. I don't care what anybody says, and uh, they are by all young person uh, polling that I can see, non-existent. And this is a band that was big as shit, a real fucking force guitar music, particularly in England at the time. And uh, we're not talking about some of the sub stiff little fingers material, like bands that kind of like people will tell you that you have to love. You know what I mean? No. This is like a true great band. And I don't see anybody talk about them. So that's that's just one to, that's just no, yo. To Tom co-signed this with me. The jam had a moment, uh, saw, probably similarly in the early two thousands. Yeah, pro- I mean, probably around I mean, that same time. In the hip world, yes, the mod thing, uh, the early Williamsburg, and like, yo, I I have to say, I was so turned off. I was so turned off because I hadn't checked them out. But it was I know, like a, a song. I know that's entertainment. But oh, it's a great song. Um, but then. Years later, was like okay, my weird bitter pill has has subsided, and they're fucking excellent, excellent, excellent band. band, excellent to me. Um, just like 
if you're searching for something that you're not hearing in music and you care about songcraft or just you like to listen to something and pick it apart, the jam is an incredible band to do that with. That's a fact. Hey, can I ask you guys a question? Do you think that, of course. The, do you think that the clash is, I know this sounds crazy. Do you think crass killed the clash in the same way that, uh, like 50 cent killed Ja rule? Like, no, what I mean by that is you render somebody uncool, right? Like you say, this is crass, not the clash. And like, it's it like, I think the clash have become the lamest thing in the world to kids. But I also think they were always lame and that was understood, but the songs are there. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. I mean, um, I'd be out on a limb, but the clash is a way better band than, than crass. Oh, oh no. come on. Three, three of three in this room are, are like, you know, taking the clash even, over like, remotely yeah. close. No, but listen, but it, I think you're not wrong, Pat, that to a punk, to a punk kid, especially of our vintage, but then you go yeah, a few years later, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, Clash it's is seen, classic rock at this point. It is, yeah. Well, and even in the 90s, you know what I mean? Like, you, you're rocking the Casbah. Yeah, if you're 13, it's okay if you have a Clash shirt and, like, stupid hair. But the kid the, the kid with the ass patch and the Crass shirt is like, yo, f- you ain't punk. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, am I not? Oh, I don't Oh, oh hey. This guy that's not wrong. His ass says, says something about it. Yeah. Me. You know, uh, crying babies, screaming babies. Oh, you're like, oh, good point. Good point. Um, yes, you're in a way, Crass killed the Clash, but in a bigger way, the Clash became what they always wanted to be, and it just didn't line up with the, you know, the rejection of commercialism as seen as a like, as an archetype, as opposed to kind of like commentary and dis- discussion like i think the clash always wanted to be exactly as big as the clash got you know yeah of course these these the punk rules didn't actually exist it's fucking codified since then but 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 here's the thing if you can to our listeners who might think the clash is like fucking sub u2 in terms how corny it is uh if you can power through uh, rage against the machine like the like the kind of um let's say uh inconsistencies that you might find uh the Clash, it's it's great music. It, it, there's some truly great Clash songs. So if you like Rancid. What's that? Like the Clash. If you like Rancid, yes. I mean, yeah. I, I think I if mean, you like any sort of, yeah, I think if you like any sort of melodic punk, you should give an honest listen to at least three Clash records. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you're not, yeah. Anyway, London Calling is a fucking punk classic. If you can listen to that, agree. I, I love London Calling a lot. Yeah, uh, it's a great record. Tom. What is nobody talking about? Well, I was going to do it as a joke first because I feel like when this is on like Instagram or Twitter, it's like, how is nobody talking about? And then it's like Turnstile or like a band. <laughs> like, you know, everybody's yes. talking about it. What are you talking about? Like, It's like one of those. It's like, why isn't anyone talking about Turnstile? And then I'd have like an infographic of six, six different things of why you should learn about Turnstile. <laughs> um, um, to me, all right, so going out on a limb. And I think like – this gets more talk here than in hardcore at large. Why isn't anybody talking about youth crew? Uh, I have the genre is dead. No, yep. Tom, I've got a much bigger question that ties into that. It, Bob, if you have an answer on deck for what Tom just asked, go in. Otherwise I'm going to expand what he said 
and make it my entire thesis for tonight? I do, so I'll give it, but I would I would like to reserve the right to respond whatever crazy shit you're going to say, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think it's as prevalent as it once was. Tom, and I don't that was think the go-to for yeah. fast hardcore. It was the go-to for, for fastball pitch hardcore kids as their, their fast hardcore gateway, right? Like, right. it's a little faster. So once you get past the, like, classics, early 80s classics, what else is there? Well, there's a the late 80s stuff that canonized that, which is the youth crew, you know? Like, okay, after minor threat and negative approach and DYS and SSD uh, and, you know, Black Flag and Circle Jerks, where, right. where do I go? Oh, the Sometimes it records. in the reverse. You feel like people find absolutely and then go backwards. And I think it's, I think it's, um, I think, I think you're totally right. I think any point after 1995, that's the more common route for sure. And, and I have to believe that in the late eighties that that happened too, you know, um, I I mean, Ray brought antidote and negative approach and stuff to, to, right. To to a lot of, to a lot of suburban dudes with nice haircuts, houses, 100%, 100%. So, Nobody's talking about the youth crew. You're totally right. It's partially because there's no bands currently as a torchbearer. Like I'm saying, like, yo, statement, maybe Mindset was the last youth crew band. And I'm saying youth crew, you know, you guys know, I don't love the term youth crew as a genre thing, but but we all know what we're talking about. We all know what we're talking about. So it was mindset before them, the first step. Before the first step, you had the late 90s kind of floor punch, hands tied in my eyes, 10-yard fight, et cetera, fast break. And, and you can pull those apart, by the way. You listen to 10-yard fight, it sounds a lot more like the New Age records than it does yeah. <laughs> uh, anything on 80s rev. Um, and I mean, before that, in the early nineties, yeah. there wasn't. Down was there? Yeah, right. There, there weren't. That was mid nineties. You're right. Mid nineties, you got some of those bands, like Cornerstone Two. You throw in there, like they're like, and, and Mouthpiece was holding this thing. But when you listen to their sound, it's not totally there. But they obviously loved that stuff, you know. I think there's bands now who love Youth Crew stuff, but aren't doing that. There's a couple they're not reasons. doing the cosplay. They're not I mean. one. They're not doing the look. Two. The sound that they go for, maybe they're going the next step beyond it, right? So, like one step closer. One step closer is a good example where turning point influence is bringing in a little more melody. People aren't doing the turning point seven inch, they're doing the turning point LP. Two, look at the bands. Champion, not a youth crew band, but started in that space. Yeah, they were a chain band. Chain, right? And then grew, grew, and betrayed. Not a youth crew band sonically, but had that oh. carried that energy, you know, one of that. And I think there's bands out there, think the time and pressures of the world, rejection packed. Um, there's bands out there, dare, straight edge bands, all these like fast, straight edge hardcore bands yeah. who aren't doing youth crew, but doing variants of the stuff that followed that. Was Down to Nothing a youth crew band? Fucking no. Yeah. But. They loved Vibe. all that stuff. They yeah, loved the right. energy, and they were like, "Yo, let's take that and just hype it up more." Locking out stuff. Mental wasn't a youth crew band, but they loved all that stuff. That would be primary influences. Same thing. Righteous Jams, you know, um, like Justice, the early material. Yeah. Um. So you just look around and see that it isn't. 
It just um, isn't as prevalent. It's, it, it was a thing for 30 years. For a long time. And it just you know, isn't there. And you don't kind of hear, and flowed. And you just don't hear people talk about it like they do. Patrick, go in, homie. Here's the unifying theory. People aren't talking about youth crew because they're not talking about genres. I think that genres are, because that my first thought was exactly. I what, disagree. Uh, you just, okay, we'll get there. My, my first thought when Tom's <clears throat> like, I had the same thought Tom did when, yeah. when the, we talked about this exercise for this episode of the podcast, I thought, okay, I'll start big genres. What genres aren't people talking about? And I thought of every single genre and I was like, oh, that's because people aren't talking about genres right now. Like, like even, okay. What jo- about metalcore? I don't hear people Genre. talking about metalcore as metalcore anymore. What about power violence? Uh, okay, hold on. I feel like youth crew is the only one that's gotten elbow grindcore. No, I, I, I will say this. I think Patrick, you need to amend it because you're not, you're on to something. But what people are talking about genres are being uh, minimized. They're not as divisive into the extremes. I well, think that you're no. seeing extremes as being like, oh, like that's more that's metalcore, or things are in the direction of. But a lot of things are in the the quagmire. There's things that fall in the 10% to the over here, 10% over there. And in the quagmire, there's a lot of gray, but you hear less conversation about genre stuff. Let me, let I me still you, think, I still think there's genre convo. I, I yes. let me give you an example of how I think this would have been different at a different time. Denver. Uh, a lot of music out of Denver right now, right? Tons. Uh, who, and who's working out there? Convulse is out there. Convulse right? records. Yep. Okay. I, uh, and shout out to Youth Attack, who did a bunch of stuff, and I think still is doing some stuff from there, too. Okay, that's right. Here's what I see as different. If this was the, what, what era was that, the early 2010s, and that was going on, that would be the most insulated, ex, like, exclu- uh, what do you call it, elite? Sure, sure. Yep, the like, exclusionary vibe, Exclusionary right? vibe that was making an effort to differentiate itself and say, no, we're the, we're raw punk. We're 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 the real deal. We're whatever. Sure. Okay. That is not, and listen, I'm not on the ground in Denver. I avoid Denver, but it's not the, it's not the energy you pick up from any of that. And you look at at what Convulse is doing. I mean, honestly, you look at what any of these bands are doing They're That is the, if not the, one of the very tippy top centers of fast hardcore right now. Sure, but... Uh, That's crazy. The, That's oh, crazy. I mean, for sure. And also, to speak to genre, not all those bands sound the same. No. Does anybody... Hey, if you're in Denver on the ground right now, tell us what's going on. Do you guys just have, like, three really good drummers? Is that what's going on? Like, because th- that's typically <laughs> the, the foundation for, like... Yo, a, I, I think that they have... Yo, you know what is funny? I would bet they have... And this will sound like nothing, but also to you, Patrick, and you, Tom, you know what this means. I think they have between five and ten hyper-motivated people. It goes a long way. Who know how to play instruments or know how to do this or that or, or know how to put out records or know who to do whatever. And who are building this crazy thing. And you look around and see like, oh my God, there's all these bands. There's the festival Convulse is doing in, I guess, it's is it September or in October? I mean, regardless, it looks... Lot. It looks really good, um, and uh, and that shows how much 
difference a small group of motivated people can make and what an impact it can make. Like, yo, Military Gun, not a Denver band, but it's doing stuff on Convulse because they're doing cool shit. Drill Sergeant, I think they're a Philly band. Punitive Damage, Vancouver. Uh, I know a couple other things. They got Gel, just did a tape with them from New Jersey. This is like they're making they're making their th- thing a thing just by doing cool shit, you know? I mean, cool shit is the, the defining... Uh, I mean, you we all acknowledge that there's got to be some support from the cool kids still. Like, that's still a phenomenon in hardcore, unfortunately. Like, it, it's not nearly enough to do cool shit. You got to, like, strike... Still high school. You got to strike with the yeah. right person. But cool shit is job one. So, yeah, there's no doubt that they're doing a lot of cool shit out there. But, but do you... I want to say, I think there's more people... With different types of ways of, of influencing and with different skews on it. I think that the cool kid tables, there's more cool kid tables now. Oh, I agree with that. You know that. what I mean? I agree with like, that. Like, I think there was the, in the way this sometimes gets talked about, it's like, okay, here's the 10 tables in the high school to go meme on everyone. And it's like, which table are you sitting at? And I think at one point it would have been like, well, table one is all the cool kids, right? But it's like, nah, like some people think table one's the cool kids. Some people think table three. Some people take table five. Everybody think table six is a bunch of assholes except those three kids who are obsessed with it. You know what I mean? So, so I think that that has helped. But it also has changed the way genre is because I think there's a lot more open-minded people because a lot of people are doing the thing where they go, hey, I got access to everything. I don't need to just listen to these 10 records that I own yo, these are the best records of this whole world and maybe I'm a little bit more open-minded than I would have been 15 years ago, you know? Sure. but So I don't know. You, I, you know, that's that's big thought. But Using the example, like, obviously I'm sure we can find examples going the other way, but do you, Tom, I'd like to hear where you're coming from now that you, th- like, you guys are still all in, that genre is, is still a heavy topic? I still tend to think that that it is. It's not as divisive and it's not like, you know... If you listen to this, you're not really likely to listen to X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But I still think it exists. I mean, I think, you know, like, like the 90s are a fucking genre. That's <laughs> true. There's a trust true. and ferret genre. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like, like Bob said, power violence has made a fucking huge comeback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huge comeback. I mean, to, to the extent that, like, like, Visual Justice Center is, like, Probably one of the biggest ten, the ten biggest power power violence bands ever. Not the they're, they're one of the bigger bands right now in hardcore. You know what I mean? That, you know what I'm saying though. But like, yeah. if you think about it, like that was such kind of like a niche, a huge niche, but it was pretty niche. Like now, it's like the dude that's buying the God's Hate record is also ordering the fucking Regional Justice Center record, while the kid who's ordering the Hatebreed record was not necessarily ordering the fucking you know the Spaz record or whatever the fuck. Yeah. No, I, I I think it's interesting. I think that uh, I agree with a lot of what Tom said. I think it's still a conversation, but I think it's a less divisive conversation. I think it's something that when I think about the way we talk about stuff, sometimes I'm I'm uh, reflective that I don't want us to be adding to this need to categorize things. You know, like. I understand why people do that. I do it myself sometimes. You don't want to be the person who's like, hey, we got to pigeonhole this over here or there. Genre is good 
for exposure and encouragement, right? And and for people who are trying to understand what they're listening to and and maybe this will help them find more. But on the flip side, genre serves as a, you know, kind of like a brick wall to divide, you know? So I'll go full break down the walls lyrics on this shit. But but you know what I mean? <laughs> you guys get it. Yeah. When it is both a thing that I think is still active in conversation, but is not nearly, like Tom said, divisive and not nearly done in the way of like framing or dismissing something. You know what I mean? Like, I think even when somebody's like, oh, that's this metalcore band from North Carolina. That's not someone necessarily dismissing it. It's someone trying to kind of like state a fact. This is a band who's influenced more is a more metallic yeah. band from this place if that makes sense yeah. yeah but i mean i think yeah it's much less divisive now oh yeah then this would have been at the end of the eight and end of the 90s beginning of the 2000s that have, you know what i mean like you know oh i think i think it, even later too i think it's still yeah. so so tom you're patrick you yeah. don't hear the conversation on do you think of youth crew as a full-blown genre or was it kind of like a micro genre Oh, I think it I think it became a full blown genre. It might not be yeah. anymore, you know what I mean? But it certainly I feel like kind of when and, and you and I always clash over over the definition of democore, but I think when democore became like for like do you remember like whatever that year was, it was like a few years ago where it was like mm-hmm. just nonstop, right? Like no, I, I, I think, and I think maybe we clash, but I, I think when we talk about it in exactly how you're talking about it, I don't disagree at all. Like, well, there's a world where people only want demos. Uh, sure, but do you remember? Right. Do you remember like when? Yeah, that was like so much the topic, and yeah. that material, by and large, was some variation on youth crew. They might not feel that way. They might have thought that they were playing Boston. They might have thought that they were playing what, <laughs> but they, that was all some variation of the, what I would call, I mean, okay. Tell me your thoughts on this because you're, you're a youth crew head much, you know, more so than either Tom or I. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the musicians guild podcast, part of the sound talent media podcast network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Ken, is it fair to say there is a post-locking-out youth crew? (sighs) Yeah, sure. Oh. a lot of the young blood stuff, right? Mm. Well, young blood. Okay, so, so young blood's a no, great so example because what's the? Give me like the the prominent uh, label defining young blood releases. Yo, so here's the thing: Iron Age, Iron Age, constant struggle. Um, Not nobody's idea. Of youth crew. <laughs> nobody's idea. Of youth crew. Uh, it, you have to go like their early stuff is the youth crewish stuff, but then it's like the big records I think of are. Desperate Measures, Never Enough Time. Someone could throw that in the youth crew bucket, but that's not how those dudes carried themselves per se. They had cool shirts, though. Um, Lights Out, Overload, you know, um, the Line of Judah record. They did the later Justice material, not the early stuff that um, Locking Out did. Striking Distance, March to Your Grave vinyl. Uh, Life's Hollow, What Happens Next, Split 12-inch. Definitely not, yeah. 
Uh, they did the carry on line is drawn seven inch, but that's where carry on went more moshy. Uh, no, that's still pretty youth crewish. Um, but to get to their youth crew stuff, you got to go like their late nineties rancor, uh, blade crasher. I guess you know did they kinda. do right on the parade. <sighs> they did the the last ran the parade seven inch fired up, which was initially a demo that was released as a seven inch by um, Young Butch for sure. Um, and there's stuff in there that leans that they're doing the last straw demo right now. Um, but it's whoop. What the hell was that? ESPN. Um, yo, Youngblood, you asked the question. Let me let me get to that. Youngblood, it's it's funny because he had, he almost paralleled some of the locking out stuff and they, there was overlap there, but not totally. Um, a really fascinating label to pick apart, actually. And, and shout out to yeah, Sean and Joe. Um, but is there a post locking out youth crew? Because yes, okay. you can, you can, yes. Let, let, but it's it's like it's like the early this. Triple B stuff. Hear, hear my theory on this. I mm-hmm. think that locking out was the last innovation, like the last major, like uh, what do you what do you call it in uh, what do you call it in uh, Christendom? Uh, it, it's the it's oh. la- Reformation. It's the last major <laughs> yes. Reformation of youth. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll co-sign on that. So. So was was locking out releasing the vinyl for a Terror LP the end of the last reformation of the Let, the church the Holy Church of Youth Group? I'll co-sign that. Okay. <laughs> so I guess because uh, no, you're not you're not wrong because like locking out did this and, and you know like yo, I love Greg, I love Mental, I love locking out, I love what they were doing and. I know a lot of people feel differently, but like I just think that was one of the most fun, neat and high energy times, and it was fun to be near. What you said is right. They they had so much love and respect for the Revelation stuff, the early Rev material, the Youth Crew era, the New York hardcore of the era, the Bad Brains, Cro-Mags, all the hardcore that like to me was the coolest fucking thing. And they really wanted to figure out how to synthesize that and do a thing with it. And that's sort of, I think, what Locking Out was started as and kind of like had this energy with it. People feel differently about it. I don't know what to say about that, but but really like saying it might have been the last innovation in that world is not that wrong. You could say that there was some energy from other spots like uh, like the first step did a record after that. You know, you have some bands like Champion, etc. You have mindsets, certainly. You have React records. Yeah, React was big in that. for sure. But and but React had a much more faithful. That's what I was going to say. Tell me if that. I'm wrong, but React feels to me, and I don't know. Listen, I'm just a mindset fan on that last record. I don't actually know a ton of the React discography, whatever. But sure, I tell me if I'm wrong. It was maybe some crossover with with the have hard energy, but was nevertheless more loyal to pre Reformation youth crew sound. Is yes, that- it's pre pre locking out Reformation for sure. Um, and what I'll say is that you would be familiar with some of it. Our uh, friend of the show, Paul, singing ships. <laughs> yes, uh, a, do you remember a real expert on this? Do you remember what he got into post singing ships? He was basically like, yo, that was fun. I loved it. It was cool, cool, cool. But like, what I really want to do is a more faithful <laughs> youth crew kind of band, label, or youth crew kind of band. And he did Gone But Not Forgotten, which was kind of very floor punch. Um, you have 
get the most. Another band from the Northwest doing that stuff. Uh, obviously, Mindset. You have a few bands in that world. And like, yo, credit to React for doing a lot of different things. They did a Give single early. They did the band Noose from Chicago. Um, I'm trying to think. They did a Fell to Low record, which is cool as shit. So these dudes did more than just youth crew hardcore, but it was a straight edge label and they had that kind of built into their DNA. So, um, yes, it, it did take a more pre-Reformation look at the world than, say, Locking Out did. So, is Youth Crew talked about or not talked about? <sighs> I don't think it is. No. Okay. No, I, I, Tom, strong agree. And, and you guys shoot down my, my genre thesis. If, to our listeners, if you're on my side, write me. <laughs> and he will not respond yeah that's if a you fact really want to hit, reach out to him reach out to us from through the email or right right, right. I'll, I'll, I'll i'll sign patrick's name first um <laughs> yeah so um that was an interesting rabbit hole yeah. to fall down all right yeah yeah i just when i was thinking about it i go yeah you know what like when was the last time like could you picture a band you know that was doing the the t-shirt over sweatshirt it's been well, a minute. There was Step for Change. Step for Change. Uh, out, and out out west. Step for Change. That was definitely had that vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, there has the vibe. Like, but I don't they're not going youth crew. But like they had that vibe, but there no, like, Step for Change was definitely more on the youth crew. crew. They're, wise yeah. um sort of has that kind of energy. Um there was a triple B band. So Glory, I think, didn't totally have a youth crew look or energy, but had a real straight ahead feel which I really appreciated. I'm trying to think. There was a 12-inch that Sam put out a few years back that I think got kind of overlooked. They were from Missouri, but it wasn't St. Louis and it wasn't Kansas City. I think it was like Springfield, Missouri, and I'm trying to find it right now. I actually own this somewhere. Hold on. Let me find this thing. But like even stuff like Stick Together or Disengage, those right. bands weren't youth crew per se, right? Like, yes, they count for sure. Okay, you're gonna get. Okay, what about Unified Right? I'd count it. What about Fury? I'd count it for sure on Paramount okay. for sure. Okay, so yeah, there you go. Then Glory would fall under that as well. Yeah. Um, not on Abuse of Power. I mean, look, look. It, it, we should be clear for our listeners who aren't into Youth Crew at all. I am a Youth Crew hater, but I still acknowledge you don't need to be yelling the words Youth Crew. <laughs> to be a youth yeah, 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 yeah. Man. No, no, no. T- totally. And and then so then you go to um, stuff like Step Forward, which I think is really good, fast, hardcore, but under your definitions would probably fall under it, which was members of Mind Eraser, members of Look Alive, members of Have Heart. I mean, it took a little bit of Did it just borrow the aesthetic or did it actually? S- I don't remember, honestly. Um, more had a more modern aesthetic, but sound wise was from that world. But just you know, like yo, it's the same thing that Fury has done. It's like if if you do it well and kind of add your own flavor and twist, then all of a sudden it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel cosplay in the way that when people say it as a as a derision. Then that you know you you avoid that you avoid the thing where people are like ugh youth crew you know what I mean yeah like you would like okay for example have heart not a youth crew band never was right but their early material 
fringes on it. I was just gonna say I would count the early material. I, I I would say if you if you posited that to me, I'd go sure. You know, <laughs> like I'd go okay, yeah, why not? Yeah, so I I think there's some stuff like that that uh, that certainly falls into it. Man, does some, nobody have this record? I might have to stop and go look in my record collection to get this record out. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it's it is an interesting question just over time like is this something that's done has it evolved like like if we're saying fury youth crew oh free at last the free at last 12 inch mm. i think that was actually a pretty good it was a little more melodic and it went there so yeah this is like 2016 this 12 inch i thought was really cool um and i don't think it got a lot of love at all especially i'm looking at it right now they don't even have the real cover on discogs sheesh um but I, I actually I need to revisit that record. I enjoyed it. Like I thought that was a cool record. Um, not to be confused with this, which looks like it's a Jesus. No, that's not a Jesus youth crew. Which, if you want to hear us talk about Christian youth crew, listen to the news Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> that's Patreon content. It's very sexy. Patreon content. That's where we get real hot. Um, Tom, I was thinking about for while Patrick is on the road, we're. we're pre-booking a lot of recordings but we might have to do a few without them um doing an episode where we try to thin thin the herd and try to get the creme de la creme of youth crew that we think could appeal to patrick and then then bring him in for a follow-up because we were thinking like i was just thinking like you know patrick is out on tour with uh who you're out on tour with first thrice thrice and touche yeah, if you're out on tour with Thrice and Touche, there's nothing I could picture you wanting to do more than sitting in the van by yourself listening to Youth Crew Hardcore. <laughs> uh, so there are tours, I'm sure, where I would actually rather do that. Uh, this one, I feel blessed. I like everybody on this tour. This is going to be fun. Nah, you're going to have a great time. Uh, um, th- the But there are tours where... Like I'm not trying to offend anybody, but I I think that I yeah I would actually rather be listening to Free at Last in a car somewhere. That said, let's let's flip the script and we'll get Jeremy on to do the Youth Crew episode. That would be Touché. fun because I think he's in. He he likes some of that stuff. I know for sure. Yeah, he'd be able to talk about it. So I think it would be all right, um, guys. Let's let's move forward from Youth Crew. Everyone else has. <laughs> so here's what I'm going to say. Much the same. I don't hear anyone talking about crossover. And when I say crossover, I mean, you know, mid-80s, hardcore, metal, punk, stuff like AF Cause for Alarm, um, DRI, COC, some of the Chromatic stuff. Uh, Yep, Best Wishes. I don't hear people talking about that as a genre or those albums or the peak of those, because I throw leeway in there too, you know, and maybe I shouldn't, but I do. I just always grouped it. But I don't hear people talking about crossover, which is so... And some of the biggest stuff going. Yes. This is so weird. Yes. Power trip. So so I I think I said it either last episode or I will. Power trip is underrated how important they were to hardcore over the last 10 years. Incredible. Yeah. And... Most bands, when I hear, I was listening to the one scene Unity comp, and that's a lot of like moshier bands and different types of stuff. But I'm hearing metal parts, you know, like like speed picking, different little like metallic guitar like riffing that 
if that comp comes out in 95 or 96 or 98, you're not hearing that same stuff. If it came out in 2005, you wouldn't hear that shit. Dead on. But I don't hear people go and cite it, and I'm wondering why. And I have a couple theories, but I'd like to know from you guys. I don't hear anyone talk about that genre, crossover. No, no. Before we even get into that, though, we're coming up on a year. Is that true? Since Riley passed. Yeah. Yeah. End of August. So our thoughts are with him and his band, his family, and all the fans of and friends of his. Um, I, you know what? Because I think back then, crossover was like – it was something that was happening and they were in the, in the middle of it. Yep. So they had to explain it, but like what's mind force crossing over from? No. Right. What's dead heat crossing? You know what I'm saying? Like AF going from victim in pain to cause for alarm. You're like, Oh, you're crossing over into like <laughs> yes. thrash metal. <laughs> yes. You're, yep. you're on the anthrax, you know, you know, crumb suckers are trying to, you know, play the beacon with anthrax. Yes. They're not, you know, now it's like it's just part and parcel of hardcore. Like what I mean, like you know, say Power Trip. Yeah. Like for for you know ninety percent of the time that they were a band and and it was primarily hardcore kids that loved them. People consider them a straight up fucking hardcore band. Oh, there's no question. Like you know what I'm saying. Then it became like oh threat. You know, like when the the outside world kind of you know, picked up on, on their greatness and stuff. Then it became like, Oh, thrash metal pioneer, you know, like blah, blah, blah. But I mean, you go see them at the Acheron. They're a fucking hardcore band playing, you know, hardcore punk band playing the Acheron. 100%. They're not playing. You know what I'm saying? Like no, they're not, no. you know, there's no crossover the, whatever. That's a great point is the, even the concept of crossover is sort of dated in the modern parlance, right? Like punk and hardcore and metal, uh, and especially metal, it's like so much closer that it's like, w- what do you mean crossover? So it's almost this quaint notion, even though, yo, when I was a kid, like that, it was like this, like, hey, here's this notation, like understand, you know, punk went metal, hardcore went metal in the mid eighties when X, Y, and Z happened. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. But now like, yo, there's hardcore bands who are r- riff, riff lifting off Metallica, and it's okay, and like no one's no one's questioning. It. It's not weird. And it's not bad. I'm I'm with it, you know. And even more so, I think that for a lot of kids and a lot of like yo, there are many twenty two year olds who are so much better versed in metal than I am that it blows my mind. Like hardcore kids who are just because it was like it was sort of part of their starter kit way more than it was for me. You know, like you go into thrash metal, I, I can talk a, l- a little bit, but I can't get into like the fourth Exodus LP. Like I can't talk to you about that in any sort of educated way. I like have to like, sure. okay, let me sit with this. But I think a lot of kids like it wasn't just like, oh, let me let me open the box and, and sniff out cause for alarm and, you know, uh, crumb suckers and leeway and these DRI records and whatever, it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to whip this open. Yeah, I got those records, but also I got all these thrash, full-on thrash metal records, and some of them rip, you know? Yo, absolutely. Patrick, where are you at? Do you hear anyone talk about crossover? No, I mean, certainly not referencing the genre. You know what I mean? Like, not by name ever. Uh, Well, pardon me, that's actually not true. 
music journalists will lump power trip and shit like that into it. You know what I mean? Like the stuff that I consider, okay, that's, that's thrash with hardcore roots. Uh, that's how it sounds to my ear. Uh, I guess that is technically yeah. a crossover, but like Tom said, what's it crossing over from right and into that? That's, I guess that's what I'm saying. Like in so many respects, I think that this is a, 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 a not a dead genre in that it doesn't sonically exist. Simply that it doesn't it doesn't have the meaning. Yeah, yeah. Like I think that <clears throat> metallic riffing leads, speed picking. You know, like thrash parts. Like, yo, Dead Heat's not a crossover band. You could call them that because they're metal and hardcore. Yes. See, okay, hold on. Is there an age thing? Because I actually would. If you just ask, yes, it's an age thing. Yes, it's an age. Yes. Thing. If you ask, because I had it in my head, I'm like, yeah, they totally could be a crossover. Band. I would, I would but, call them a crossover band if you asked me. I like, almost feel like you would only do that in this like retro, nostalgic wink and nod. Because that it's a hardcore band. Everything they do right, is a hardcore put, band. You know, right? You put them, you know, fucking them, Mind Force and Regular on, you know, in front of a younger person. It's all the same to them. Yo. You're absolutely now, Patrick, circle back to your genre conversation, Patrick. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely correct. I mean, I would guess, you know what I mean? Then I'd be like, well, Dead Heat is more crossover, while you know, this no, you're right, you're right, you know, like, and to them, it's like, you know, regulate's got mosh parts, it regulate's got metal parts, regular, sure, parts, leads, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Pat, you were right over there, or whoever I, I, so some, I got, I got, exci- just I got excited. And then I kicked I, over some cans. I did. <laughs> My yerba mate went flying. Uh, <laughs> did you have several cans? Like, have you just not hit the? Like, are you still freaked out about the cabinet doors being? No, open? you know, Jesus Christ, he loves those cabinet doors open. Um, no, I, but that's my. It's fun to watch from afar. Listen, this is my fault. Like, you've created him. No, it's not that he was a nice boy. You made him neurotic. No, I didn't make him neurotic. He, but. No, my girlfriend blames me for not trying to get into Australia before everything went to shit, right? Like, so she, she, she'll occasionally say, like, yo, you should have gotten here. And I'm like, listen. In that two-week window. when Yeah, truly. <laughs> like, I say, listen, I'm a grown man living with another grown man. It's just very normal. It's, you know, like, <laughs> who cares, you know? I, I, and I, I try to tell her, in, I'm like, I say, look. In Los Angeles, people have roommates into their fifties. It's completely normal. It's a necessary evil. Necessary evil if you want to live in places that are expensive. Oh, I mean, San Francisco—that's an actual fact. San Francisco and Boston, people do have roommates until they're like in their fifties. But, uh, but I, I do think it's funny that whenever I find myself like, if I, I don't really complain about Eric, but if I was to complain about Eric, I would stop myself and go, "I'm a grown man. I could live on my own if I wanted to. I choose to live with Eric." So, so like, what the fuck can I? I say? mean, you'd be out in Glendale. Or yeah, something. what can I say yeah. about anything? Uh, and by the way, this is apropos of nothing. Antidote, the band, does not have a Wikipedia. However, I got torn down in the in the beef. However, Drew Stone does. No disrespect to Drew Stone, but if you All search disrespect. Antidote disambiguation, uh, it says. <laughs> Antidote, a 1980s New York hardcore punk band that featured Drew Stone. That's a that's a hyperlink to a to, to, to another Wikipedia site, and 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 Arthur Googie, right? And mm, and Googie. So I mean, that should tell you all you need to know. Everybody, if 
somebody make Where's the Nunzio? somebody make the Wikipedia for antidote, please. <laughs> you know I mean? It could just be a stub, but it should certainly. I mean, have you seen the fa- the the antidote Facebook? You'd know what is not a Wikipedia. Fuck. <laughs> so- it's just yeah. Well, there's two now. It's I know. Like- I know. Put that in the Wikipedia. It's it's tragic, but put it in the Wikipedia. That there's two antidotes. Yeah. Oh, do we need to know? Um, yeah. While we've been talking, I've been down a rabbit hole of uh, Google of image antidotes. search of Fanico yeah. comics. Ah, the good old days. Go, uh, is, is that Eric's voice that I hear in the background? Whose voice? Did I not hear Eric? Did I make that up? I heard another voice. Oh no! Mm-hmm. You, no, you're having like a Ghostbusters. It's got to be. Oh, um, it's uh, it's Roger. He's just coming in from the other room for another voice. Um, <laughs> so, so, okay, where were we at? Is so, it your oh. turn? Is it your turn? I think it's your turn, PK. Okay, or is it your turn, Tom? Oh, I don't know. No, did did PK do one that was like we don't have to go? Oh no, we've all gone around once, right? You, I think we've gone Bob around twice. I just went twice. Bob just yes, went, yes, so yes. I think that's yes. me. So Pat's yep. up. Okay. Um, well, you guys, professional sh- podcasting, everyone. You guys shit on my fucking unifying theory, which I thought was so clever. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So what does that leave? Uh, Let's see. Oh, boring topic. Absolutely boring topic. We've discussed it at length. So let's give this. Let's bring it up at 1130 on Wednesday. Let's give this a breezy one. (laughs) Let's give it a breezy one. Veganism. I've. Nobody's talking about veganism. Nobody's talking about veganism. Everybody, what are you living on? everybody in the sound of my voice, if you are young, as many of our listeners are, you will live to see everything that people had deep convictions in become passe. And in some respects, that's good because that means that uh, uh, very many people have normalized veganism in my lifetime. It's like crossover. It's like crossover. That's right. Yeah. But it is. You just don't want to see it go. You don't want to see veganism go youth crew. No. (laughs) It's frankly bizarre to witness. And I know you guys have seen this. We've seen, like, we can talk about this within hardcore. We can say certain politics have come up and gone down. Um, Harry Krishna come up and gone down. Uh, You know, whatever it is. You could say this about so many things. But none of them felt so all encompassing and lifestyle ish to me than veganism. I am very much a grown man. Now I, I don't put vegan in my bio, but it is you don't have XVX next year. It is an essential part of, of who I've been for now the majority of my life and to see it become a thing that is exclusively for old heads is so weird there's see i don't know if it's exclusive it's just it's become part and parcel like i feel like there's so many vegan young people absolutely but but they're just not making it like their entire fucking identity yes no yes some ways that's great right so we we can agree on that some ways but i also think that 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 radical element you like that i it 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 if I just try to take myself away from it for a second and say, okay, but, but it, would that, you're like a firebomb. Yeah. You're like a Molotov cocktail. Yeah, yeah, no, mo- no moderation. You want somebody to get up and before a drug church show and give a speech about like, Hey, we're going to like yell at the people outside the furrier. I what, get it. Can I say, Here, all right, here's my theory. Pat. Yes. Hit me. 
we've gotten to the er- the er- a time in history where there are people that are going to hardcore shows that have been raised vegan. Absolutely. Yes. While I I would say 1% of the people that we grew up with when we were kids going to hardcore shows p- p- were raised 0. vegan. Less, yeah. But I think now it's gotten to the point that whether their parents were punk and hardcore or Jace, different for any, you know, there's myriad reasons why people are vegan. I think there's people, so it's sort of like, I mean, that's just like kind of what I am. Like, it's not something that I made this huge change that I need to let everyone else know. It's like, or that was I've a part of their hardcore experience. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I, Tom, that's absolutely true. But can I, I'm going to get in some real old man bag and I want you guys to pull me out just as quick as I go. Okay. Good thing. Yeah. I mean, you are the oldest guy. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely have the grayest hair. I think Tom, do you beat me in gray hair? I don't know. Well, I was like, no, my hair's brown. And people were like, motherfucker, your hair is gray. I'm like, don't do this. No, you're a silver fox. Well, thanks. Um, Tom, I had a quick question before we go with hair. I think I have the. Pat, you might have me beat on. You might have more gray hair than me, but you have thicker hair than me right now. Okay. I think I'm last in the thick hair, which makes me sad. But Tom, I wanted to ask you you have fair skin. Yes. Light hair. Yes. Do you, if it's sunny out and you're not wearing a hat, will you get, will your head burn or is your hair thick of enough that it doesn't get you? Because I, I just had to deal with some head burn. It sucks. Oh, no, I get like ridiculous. Okay. Hunger. It sucks. It like, made ridic- it, it, like five minutes and I'm like, oh, that hurts. Hairs, uh, hats have almost always been purely vanity. Like, oh, let me wear this because I like wearing a hat. And now I'm like, oh, I see the form or the function of these things. <laughs> the, yeah, it's the utility hair. Yeah, the utility of this fucking thing. Um, Did it, I never tell you that story? No. All right, very briefly. Yes. Very quickly. So I, I, I never always, I didn't always wear glasses. Probably in the last five years, I was like, you've got to start wearing glasses. Your head hurts every time you look at something. So I had gotten these like transition lenses, right, that become sunglasses. So I wore them out one day, not, not like remembering, and I didn't realize how bright it was out. Mm. So I was like, and then I got home and I was like, yo, what the fuck? My whole head was like burned to a crisp, my face, my head, the whole nine yards. The next day, I wear a baseball cap um, and I went bike riding, whatever I did, but I got sweaty. I took my hat off. And there was literally a ring of skin that that was like that came off with the Whoa. hat, like, oh. it was like it was just gone. So there was a point that literally, like my forehead and like closer to my hairline were two different like shades of the the whitish pink that I am. Yeah, yeah. So I have I had a friend like an ex that like worked in some like crazy fucking like club that's like oh you know it's $30,000 to join and all these packages and stuff. So she like brought me in after hours Yeah, and like gave me like the full fucking like pampering treatment. Like there was like, I was like, I can't like walk around with like a fucking halo of a different color skin, like <laughs> skin it, weird like, it nuts bonkers. So it was like oxygen treatment and red light treatment and this kind of stuff. And like all these different balms and all shit. And we were like probably half an hour into the whole fucking process. Right. She's like doing the whole thing. And I'm like, if I were paying for this, how much would this cost me so far? She's like, $17,000, something like that. What? And I was like, oh, Jesus. So, yeah, what? now I, re- I lather up and I wear a hat. Bless up. It was like some wild-ass place that, like, you know, it's like, oh, there's like a, like, you know, uh, what's his face to go there? Scaramucci. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, people like that would go and they had, they had like, a an office. They had a, a conference room, 
that like no one could actually enter with like no cameras. No, oh, okay. like it was like sure, real sure. fucking sketch. But thank Christ because she saved me from not having. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The burn, man. Like, yeah, third wave, uh, second wave scar. <laughs> fucking. <laughs> uh, Patrick, last thing before we get back to whatever it was you were talking about. Um, I saw a dude on. I walked. I walked ten miles on the boardwalk yesterday. And Jesus, it was great. Tom, I walked from Bradley to Asbury to the end of Belmar and back to the end of Asbury. Uh, and then nice back walk. to Bradley Beach, yeah. Surf camp. Easton was there for three hours, so I had to do something. Saw a guy who looked so much like you, Patrick, but probably was like 6'5", that I almost stopped and was like, hey, can I take a picture? You look like a friend of mine. Um, but I, I didn't. I should have, though. I'll, I'll keep an eye out <laughs> next time. Uh, he looked very successful. Uh, well, okay. I mean, he's walking out of boardwalk. Right. Fucking... Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday afternoon at three. He he was suited, but didn't look booted. Kind of was wearing a suit in that way that somebody like man, he's he's wearing a suit, but also seems relaxed and happy. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like fucking collar open, some kind of like summery shoe on. He's not, you know. Oh yeah, he's probably showing all like the crazy houses down in like Spring Lake or something. Yes, Th- that that is the vibe. Like I, I flip houses. All right, Patrick, back to the thing back to well <laughs> the thing whatever you said before it's uh, i think this is dreadfully boring uh, to so many people although there are a number of probably older listeners who relate uh it's just yes i i do agree with everything that tom said it is it, there's just it's a generation of difference because there's been a lifetime of experience between the, the when veganism became kind of subculturally relevant and uh, and before that, vegetarianism, which people forget, was not. I mean, there was not a t- nothing. Yeah, there was a time where that was odd, right? <laughs> like, so, so yeah, uh, you always had vegetarians, but to be like an avowed vegetarian was odd. And so, veganism, yeah, t- veganism, further extension, of course, but like uh, odd, odd things. Now it's not odd, but the 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 sort of lack of. Um, the lack of fervor, the lack of passion, et cetera. I was going here's where I was going to get my old man back is yes. <clears throat> uh, I'm not saying that people aren't politically active. Clearly very, this, these are very political times that we're in. Um, that said, if we can say that the average benefit show for a, a large cause barely made a dent in some of these problems or no dent as it might be. Um, but they they had a revolutionary spirit to them. I feel like where we're at now, which is more often a, an Instagram post in solidarity makes less than a dent. It becomes wallpaper. And Hey, this is Dewey Halpas host of peer pleasure on the sound talent media podcast network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal the Man, to Fat Mike from No Effects, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. I don't want to say I'm worried. I don't know what the word would be. But I feel like the idea that some portion of you would become radicalized into direct action as was the case with, with animal rights 
Now, don't get me wrong. There's people that sacrifice their freedom and, the, and that's, that requires the brain of a 22 year old who does not understand certain things. It requires like a real ability to become a zealot. But in some respects, I wish that there was music in our scene that was inspiring that type of passion. Question. I think there is. I think there is. Okay. okay, go on. I mean, I think if, you know, we're, you know, I bet you the percentages are similar. The people that like, you know, it's just easier to see now. So like, not everyone was like a fucking, you know, burning down the furriers and the fucking, you know, full ALF style in 1998. But you saw it just because, you know, they were the loudest, you know, of the bunch. I feel like now it's like you see everybody's stance on everything. Yes. So it almost dilutes the amount of people that are probably still doing that same work. It's just in a different way. Yes. I don't, I don't see anybody bombing a McDonald's. So here's my question. Do either of you feel like there's any 22 year olds that want to be zealots? Oh, sure. But I just think that I, I just think, I do think there are, but I just think that like, who's the earth crisis that are going to bring them to bombing a, well, no. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Bob. Did you mean zealots broadly, or or zealots for something as specific as animal rights? As specific as animal rights. I mean, like I, I think, or I mean, even I, I, I would say broadly too. I just don't think that in the hardcore world, I think a, there's a lot less of that. There's so many less. There's a lot of talk and a lot of energy on certain topics but i think things like like identity as i'm vegetarian i'm vegan i'm straight edge i'm x singular idea stuff has really like died on the vine in the past decade well okay so here's where it become really unfashionable it's just it's like yes i don't think anybody wants to be one thing no okay so so that's that's a good point uh what's called single issue causes uh, are completely passe and people have just taken on this notion of like fighting the patriarchy, for example, or fighting colonialism. So, so under those, under, under those umbrellas, you can be talking about 50 different struggles, you know? And, uh, that's kind of like a, for many people, like a catch all as far as like what your politics are and not here to judge that, but like, I just think that that specificity of issue, regardless of what it is, like, like after I was listening to articles of faith, I went to the Wikipedia and it was like, you know, one of the members was a member of the uh, revolutionary uh, communist party at that time. Yes. And like, yo, that wasn't nothing. (laughs) Like that was, Oh, you're not, you know, by doing this as a young man, you're going to endanger your higher ability. Now it's not like, you know, it's, it's, it's not the uh, fucking uh, 1950s, but it was still going, it very much could damage your, I mean, look, I'm old enough that, there was when I had to fill out my selective service, my father and I almost got in a fist fight uh, because <laughs> it, uh, because yeah. by any reasonable measure, I I am a pacifist that would refuse to, at least in the capacity of foreign wars. I would there under no circumstances. But my father is not wrong when he says that he comes from a place where if you register as a conscientious conscientious objector, 
it can damage your ability to work. You know what I mean? This is all to say that there is a march of time, obviously, and things change, but the, I'm, I just think that the solidarity post against a broad topic such as patriarchy or, or systemic racism or colonialism yes. or whatever it is, is it might have its, it might have a purpose. It might, but I do not think that the, and some of this, so I don't think that there's that energy in the hardcore ether right now to, to the, for the specific, the specific fight, the specific uh, struggle against whatever it is, uh, what, against the sure. thing. And part of that is where we're at as a society, of course. And that was my old man bag. And part of it is just that also in hardcore at this exact moment, we're having a good time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're not concerning ourselves with some of that other shit. And we're having the worst time. We're having the worst time. But I mean, to be honest, because I feel like there's so much. Oh, shit that's interesting. On. Yo, what? And then it's like, you can't be like, I'm just going to fucking worry about animal rights because then it's like, oh shit. You know, like, you know, watching people get killed by the fucking police. Yeah, sure, hard, our, fuck, our, I got to put my energy there. Our, or I got to put my energy in Afghanistan. Straight edge, like, veganism and vegetarianism, peacetime politics and hardcore. Yeah, okay. That's uh, I'd be open to that idea for That's sure. That's a fair like, way to look at it. Cl- yeah. Clinton, interesting. Clinton era problems. You know, Right, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, don't do drugs. You know, Reagan, you know what I mean? Um, it's uh, it's something I've thought about. I Because I, I think you're right. Nobody's talking about veganism in the way people used to. Now... Well, it was revolutionary back then. Now it's not. It felt crazy. Yo, honestly, people were out here eating soggy tofu on seed bread. Like, you wouldn't understand what that is. It was bad. It was so bad. <laughs> um, vegan food is kind I of such a way. I have family members being like, we were out at a restaurant. I had the Impossible Burger. I, I loved it. I'm going to try it again. Like, you know what I'm saying? If I was like, hey, can you eat, you know, like, Pat, what's a fucking 90s veggie burger? I mean, it was a fucking brick of crap. <laughs> it was. They'd have to fry for like an the hour. Ve- the very luckiest you could get is to find a high quality bean, black bean burger. Black Th- bean burger. Think the- about black right. bean patties at fucking Chili's. People were like, yo, shit. Yeah, now they'd be like, fuck that. Give me, you know, like I remember even like in the early 2000s, I remember like our buddy Matt Miller being like, dude, fucking vegan mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Fucking right. disgusting. Like compared to what you can get now, like at that point he was so stoked that I was he's he's like, this is like eating like plaster and it's like fucking you know. But it was like, well, it's something. Yeah. Now it's like there's a comparable version of anything that you may want. Yo, uh, and a passable version. Two two things. Shout out to the uh, soy not oi underscore unofficial Instagram account for for wonderful for anybody who's who's. forlorn for for days of vegan food gone bad um to you guys know my my outrageous stance i don't like beyond burgers or impossible burgers i eat like i eat bullshit like high protein pea burger from trader joe's that like dr prager's yeah yeah, yeah. prager not dr prager's but like prager your burgers fall apart immediately (laughs) i want to see you incarcerated now (laughs) but that's the that's the kind of veggie burger i prefer i honestly but but yo i I understand that's a very wild thing yo but you also have the option to have a real burger that's correct that is correct well that's totally correct why am i going to go for like something that's like a step whatever to this either left or right or down Mm -hmm. When I can have the real deal, like if you're going to have something different, you might as well have something real different. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that it does. It, it, I mean, it's it's kind of my argument on it. But like, I'll also be real. Beyond Burgers and Impossible Burgers, like they're they're a they're a good simulacra of it. You know, it, it's not it's not a million miles off. And I encourage people who just eat shit burgers to switch over to those because they're better. I don't eat shit burgers. Um, uh, yo, I I I think it's <clears throat> I think that veganism is so much more normalized in a global sense, like. There's people who've never heard Earth Crisis who are vegan. I think we've talked about this before, you know. And there's people in your town who are vegan who 30 years ago, you, there just weren't people in this town who were vegan, you know. Just the weird teens, basically, you know. And maybe that one yoga kid, um, yoga mom. But my question for you is this, Pat. Is is perfection, uh, what, do, what do we say? Is perfection the death of pretty good you know what i mean is absolutism is, is the per- hard is on the this. perfect enemy it's a perfect yes, enemy the the, yeah, that's um, right yes uh i mean yeah sure but but here's my thing you you have I'm, never come down on me one time about whatever food i eat which is cool and it's a good thing even if you have said that uh only vegans are truly compassionate humans which is kind of a crazy thing but it's okay i mean um, only vegans are getting through the gates of heaven but it, it's uh, it, but the, right. the, the thing is that like, yeah, of course, like I. But that's my, I mean, that's my worldview is that I think it's wrong to alter another human's behavior. It, like you, correct, just, you correct. Just, you just stay off my lawn. You could actually kill total strangers. Just stay off my yeah, lawn. No, I know, I know. But, well, so, so, but, but my thought is, I wonder if that is sort of the energy we see out there more so now, and if that's a bad thing or a good thing. Like, like that I know for me when there's been times in my life and I've never been vegetarian or vegan, Tom, you got it. But I've met people in my life who are like, yeah, I'm vegetarian, but I eat fish. And I'm like, well, that means you're not really vegetarian. You're, you're, right. you're, you're, you're struggling. Right? You're struggling with words. Right, right, right. But then I go, you know what? It's only hardcore. It does that. Right. And you go, you go, okay, you know, if this woman eats a fucking fish filet once a month, that's probably a net positive here, right? Um, for people who really care about that or whatever things go along with the positives of vegetarian or vegan diets. I mean, how many civilians do you know that say they don't drink and you've seen them drink? Yeah, what, what, sure. What and, they, but what, but they, what they, mean, they mean... They don't drink a lot, yeah. And exactly. Right, to us, you're like, how fucking dare yeah, you? Yeah. Like, Yo, and if somebody wanted to... It's all say, or nothing, bro. Right, yeah. right. And that absolutist thing is tough and we sit here as three literal adult humans who are like, yeah, straight edge. Yeah, straight edge in your face. You know what I mean? Still the fucking coolest thing I've ever right, done. Right, right, right. But I do think um, I do think it's an interesting piece because I do strongly agree. I never see people actually talking about veganism. I do occasionally see weird infographics shared. But but. I, you know, they, they might as well be interspersed with someone eating uh, a cool hamburger at a restaurant. Like it doesn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. And my experience, like the people that are really pushing that are kind of fucking annoying. Mm. Oh, I mean, mm. sure. Like that have like the fucking, you know, for the majority of the time. Yeah. Well, not majority. A good, There's definitely a, a some people that amount. I know that are super annoying about their veganism. Yeah. Or they are straight edge. I mean, I mean, both. I'm very sympathetic. Like, I follow people who still put, like, in their Instagram stories, slaughterhouse videos. And yep, yep, yep. And, I got a few of those. And I there there yeah. is not a reason on earth that I need to see a slaughterhouse video. But sure, 
No, but someone else someone might. else might. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never, I never thought that that stuff was. It's, uh, it's, it's like a real scattershot approach to convincing people because. You can't watch that, can you? You oh, don't watch that. No, shit, I, right? no, I'm horrified by that shit. I can't. Okay, I can't okay, watch okay. that. Just double check. But like, do you, like, how? What's the what's the success rate? And that's what I'm saying. It's, you know? it's less than one. But but here's the deal: you convince one person not to touch meat again in their adult life, and you've you've saved a lot of animals. You know what I mean? Sure. So like, well, and that's that's 100 of the way a lot of people look at it. And like, yo, I'm really not mad at them for that. No, I, and that's why I'm not mad at like, like. I agree with Tom. Like, there's some insufferable weirdos out there. Yes. Oh, my God. But in the same way, and people hate this. uh, People hate what I'm about to say. I do not at all judge religious people pressing me. Like, if you come to my house, you got something to sell. If you see me out and you got something to say, I, I just say thank you. And the reason for that is because if you in your heart, misguided though it may be in my view, believe that I'm going to burn in hell <laughs> if I don't accept what you're selling, then you are trying to help me, not harm me. We just have very different ideas of help. Now, with that, if intent matters at all, and I believe it does, then, yes. then okay, man, all you're going to get is a placating, okay, man, but you're not going to, I'm not going to put my, I'm, I'm not going to put my nose against your nose and do a shouting match over some ridiculous bullshit. It's like, so same thing with veganism. Like I understand how some people feel judged when, when people are pushy about it. I understand how some people just simply don't want to see animals being slaughtered on their fucking timeline. Right. But, uh, I also, I think that the spirit of that, which is, Hey, I just can't, handle it anymore like i thought about what it means to to, like i thought about how much i value my own life and i thought about how much animals likely value their own and i just can't i have to say something today now is that is so much of that probably motivated by the same narcissism that motivates everything on social media yeah of course but the the uh I, i i'm just not mad at that type of pushiness even if people are very annoying so sorry i'm off on one no, I mean, it's a conversation we circle back to. I was thinking as we're talking about this, I was like, you know, I hope people don't trip on us talking about this because it's an interesting topic. I think it never stops being interesting is to talk about these ideas. This is one of the biggest ideas that was going in hardcore in general. I think it's something that's really permeated throughout the world. And, and we're in a place right now where, you know, like I am someone who's never wanted to be guided by my dietary or or lead with my dietary choices you know and be like this is who i am it's just not my vibe not what i'm about but i also think i also think it's important to be conscious of what you do now and how that impacts the larger world before we finish here which we're probably running long now uh and it's late where you guys are can i introduce a wild card yeah i gotta go i want to get we got to get tom's but please introduce a wild man well i I was gonna throw Eric just walked into my bedroom and started speaking gibberish to me, and I don't understand what he's doing. But I was gonna mm. put I was gonna put him on the spot and say, "What aren't people talking about? Do Do you think he'll have an answer?" Let's yet? do that, and we'll close with Tom's because I, I think Tom's probably got some fun. Yeah, let's see what he'll say. Eric, what is a thing in hardcore music subculture, etc., that we're simply not talking about? Not axe to grind necessarily, but like something that 
you think people should be talking about or things that they just always did and now don't? Everyone's too soft. <laughs> that's a, that's a value judgment. I'm asking you. Yeah, yeah it's not like Here, tell them to finish the statement. Talking about Nobody's the softness no. of the of the hardcore scene. Everyone's too. They're too mushy. They're too. They're net bangers. Uh, Eric is very. Eric is like got some weird net beef that he's like he's looking to resolve in person. Oh, he's getting. He's, oh, jeez. <laughs> do you live with show a gang up. member now? What happened? Pat? He's yelling. Show up. I, I I don't know, guys. It's uh, Tom. Do we have a name? Is there a person that he's trying I, to fight? Listen. It's do you have a problem a with Eric camera? Wilson? Let me say oh. something. It is. You got a problem with Pat? It again. is utterly. It is utterly pathetic that anybody has a beef in 2021. I'm looking at a photo of a bunch of Afghans on a plane that are fearing for their life. Don't let's not punch each other over nothing anymore. You know what I mean? Like, or let's let's call a six month amnesty. Talk to your roommate. Let's B. call a six month amnesty on punching each other. It's like an un- right, right. There's like a no, uh, no. Uh, what's that? Uh, a ceasefire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By so what way, happens after the six months? It's it's so it's today is August 18th, September, on. October, November, February 18th. Okay. It's just on. February 18th is unpur is purge day. Well, hardcore purge. We're gonna do a big show. Oh, that's what we do. We do a big purge fest. All right, write it down. And I just I just no want to point out Eric is now in the in the kitchen yelling, "Don't waste my time!" to nobody. So <laughs> is he opening every cabinet available and leaving it that way? Oh, no, it's getting weird in this house. Uh, Tom, I, is he yelling? Is that a sick yeah, role? He is, like yeah, sick he's role going here? full sick of it all. Um, Tom, uh, you have the floor. Well, I don't know what to do after that. <laughs> well, we can rap if you want. That gibberish? I mean, <laughs> the fucking live psychotic break. I mean, it's, it's true. It's true. Um, I mean, mine is not nearly as fucking ridiculous as him being like no, give us a soft. One. But I mean, like, a soft guy. I, I, it's soft. weird, but he listens to Master it's Killer all day, delicious. so it's like you know. Yeah, I mean, so do I. <laughs> I'm not a tough guy. Tough guys actually listen to Master Killer too. Boy. Yo, that's a good zine name. Somebody write the zine: A Steady Diet of Master Killer. <laughs> Let's see what comes out. Yeah, it'll put you in a state. My mirror is turned black. All right, I'm going to end with one that might be fun or it might be terrible. Okay. It's been a week, so I tried. Something that people are no longer talking about that was incredibly prevalent for a very long time. Mm. Merch with zippers. Oh. <laughs> so I think we're. Pro- I was almost going track jacket, but I feel like that was two of a time. Yeah. But I feel like, are there bands out there that don't make pullover hoodies? Or, or I feel like the track jacket and the zip up sweatshirt have gone the way of the dodo. I I think I'll even go. I don't see that many zip hoods these days. That's what I'm saying. There's no merch with zippers anymore. Are zip hoods exclusively throwback merch at this point? Interesting, yo. I feel like Pennywise makes them, but like you can't get a mine for a zip up hood. Everything's no. pulled. Yo, I'm dated because I didn't know this. Yo, I mean, but but think here's about the thing. It, Pat. Think about it. When was the last time you saw a zip up like? Do they even allow zip up hoodies to be sold on big cartel stores? What? Just think about it. Have you seen a zip hood be sold on a big cartel? What, is it against the think law? About I don't the know eras. What, you, what, what just, are you saying? I'm saying, I'm saying, era wise, they predate the big cartel era. Holy shit! You guys Man. are blowing my mind. I don't wear. No, I don't. I don't think I own any band sweatshirts. I think I. Have like probably inherited. This is this is one you can call yeah. in Mr. Wilson on. I think, yeah, ask the fucking master. Hey, yeah, I think he's right. Ask him last time he saw a zip hood for sale. From they want band. you to sing Downfall of Christ. <laughs> uh, so here, here's 
Eric, your time in. <laughs> here's, here's the question. Uh, d- d- are zip hoods over? Yeah, probably. I haven't seen those around in a while. But they could make a comeback. Remember Bane, the Bane zip-ups? Yes, but but that's 20 years ago. 15 years ago. 2001. You know what I mean? That's 2001. It's due. It's due for a comeback. Well, this is. I'm saying it might be strictly throwback. Throwback. AN did them relatively recently. Because because that AN one. Self-referential, right? You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, my God. But then was the last time someone was like, a band with members under 35 put out a uh, a, a, a piece of merch with a, with a zipper, whether it be a track jacket, yeah. which we did track jackets, uh-huh. or a zipper. You guys are blowing yeah. my mind. This is really wild. I mean, I can't wait for Pat to go on. Let's see. Form, Drug though. Church merch. Let's see. Drug Church's merch now store, of course. Expect nothing less. <laughs> t shirt, be- t shirt, pullover hoodie, Tawny. T shirt, t shirt. We got some CDs for sale. Pullover hoodie, long sleeve T-shirt. That's it. Oh, next page. Let's let's dig deep in the archives. Didn't Patrick, do, have you ever did work shirts? Work shirts are cool. <laughs> you really have time. That's that. That's, that's good. work shirts are cool. More work. Yo, ask Eric if he's willing souls. to start a, a podcast called Mad Ska. I'll do a. I'll do a podcast. Yes, yell Ska. his entire time. I think it's a good. I think it's a good name. That's a. That might just be a name of a, a like a fucking. All right, I'm. I am doing a little dive here because this is the best theory we've posited. Way better than any of our our dorm room veganism talk. Um, let's see, sweatshirts. I'm going to one of the more prolific stores in our world, Deathwishing.com. Oh, I was. I thought you meant the. I thought you meant the terror merch store. No, <laughs> which one? Or like the story so far? Um, or something. All right, so I see birds and row zip hood but it's completely sold out i've seen they're, zip- they're popular if anyone has them burn Europe. zip hood but it's from several years ago also down they did a purple zip hood wow that's probably wild um cave in zip hood but that doesn't hit the the qualifier okay so they have some zip up hoodies for old man bands for bands over and birds and rower mm-hmm. from europe yep and and they're they've, they've been, been a band good. for like a decade um, yeah, so they're, yeah, they're in their thirties. Wow. Minimally. Yeah. I don't think so. So is this a zipper aversion? Do we think people are allergic to, to metal? No, no. I, ha- I hate this news. This is wild. Zip hood is, are I mean, very XYZ useful. is in like deep shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were up there with Amazon. Now they're like, no one buying, no one's buying us anymore. Yeah. Everyone's wearing, wow. dude, everyone's wearing pullover sweatshirts and, um, and track and uh, what do they call them? Um, Tearaway pants. Joggers. <laughs> Everyone's wearing joggers. Joggers don't come with fucking. No, you're right. Either. Joggers are comfy though. I like them. Okay. They're so comfortable. No. All right, yo. Um, if you or anyone you know has seen a band with zip hood merch under the age of thirty-five, please contact. Or I have been a hardcore, band less than five yeah, years. Hardcore unsolved yeah. mysteries. Do, 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 do. Get the Unsolved Mysteries music and play it to close us out here, Patrick. Done.